everyone, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. And this is our 100th episode of Two Girls, One Podcast. Happy anniversary to us. We've done so many episodes that Jen is ill. (laughs) Yeah, I have a little cough today. Jen, what happens at 200? I don't... It's a, I, that's morbid. I don't know. Dead. Uh, yeah. Happy anniversary! Allie and I did all the work for this last you know, last 100 episodes. Matt did nothing. Nope. He's just a pretty face. And we are all of the labor behind Two Girls, One Podcast. Just kidding. Matt, yeah, um, thank no you so much. Yeah, there's no sarcasm there at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially the pretty face part. It's definitely... Yeah, my... F- I, when we started, I was like, guys, what if it's my face on the front and it's really, like, weird and confusing? And then... But you weren't into that. Do yeah, you think yeah. there's, like, a term for visual mansplaining? <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like... No, oh. there is actually... That's like when tech companies hire a man to join their founding team so they can get funding. It's yeah. like that. Oh, we just need your wow. face on it. Is that a thing? Do you think that is a thing. Also, do you Whoa. think, Matt, that if we put your face on it, we might get more listens because wow. because of people not liking... I'm making this episode so dark. Not liking women? Are you, no. having, <laughs> are you having, Wait, so, time. Are so, you having fun? Are you guys Allie, having a great time at our 100th anniversary? Does, uh, We're 100 years old. <laughs> what what, what yeah. the fuck happened to you at Burning Man? You just got back from Burning Man. I have to tell our listeners. I did. I got back <laughs> yesterday. Thank yeah. God I got a ticket, although not God, our guest. He did not help me get a ticket, despite my <laughs> my prayers. Yeah, but you seem like very existential. I do. It was not it was not nearly as good as last year because last year it was just like every single second was so magical. But I realized that like there's a lot of luck. You know, you turn a corner and there's something like incredible there. I mean, there's something amazing at most corners, but you know what I mean? It's just like and then the insomnia was it's like my my sleep's been getting better, but like being at a twenty four seven festival party is like pretty triggering for insomnia. Yeah. Turns out, <laughs> so I know that comes as breaking news to everyone. So I had a bit of a rough time this year, unfortunately, which I'm bummed about. But at yeah. the same time, like I still saw and did some amazing things. Actually, if you are in our Discord, uh, Discord dot what is it? <laughs> Discord. It's only been a hundred episodes. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. I've only been there a thousand times. Yeah, I posted a photo of one of my favorite sculptures. It's called Broken But Together. It was beautiful. And then I also posted a short video of me playing ski ball with a flaming ball. So like, it's still Whoa. really amazing. And I ran into so many people. It's crazy. In this city of 70,000, I ran into everyone I know. I have insane stories for you, Jen. Oh, I cannot wait. That should probably be off All right, we'll, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> I still think it's an amazing thing. And Jen, I think maybe you would like to go one year and just look at sculptures. Every year, sure. Allie's like, I can't tell if you would love this or hate this. Yeah. I also think like I can't go in a tent again. Like it's just the the tech. I also just like the techno music. I don't like techno. <laughs> I like music with words. You know what I mean? I need music with words. And there's just it's so loud. I, I I'm, at, I'm in like, mm-hmm. and I'm in like the thick of it. I think I want to get, I don't know, RVs are expensive, but an RV or something. And, and I want to camp like kind of away, like further back. Yeah, I hear that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually going to mm-hmm. a festival next week and camping in the English countryside. And I know this sounds so random, but I'm going to a Land Rover festival. Did I tell you this, Matt? Wow. What no, the no, fuck? This is great. I knew you were go, you were going to England, but I did not know a- <laughs> you were going to a Land Rover festival. Yes. Hundredth <laughs> anniversary. And this is what Jen happens. goes batshit. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> right. 
Well, my boyfriend, Adam, loves Land Rover and he's been to these festivals before. And honestly, guys, I think this is he's I think he's decided this is a test for our relationship if it goes well. And I mm-hmm. love the festival. I, I don't, all good things will happen. But if not, mm-hmm. I, all bad things. will. No, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't actually know. But I just sense <laughs> it's, over. it's over. But we, I like that we, this is like Survivor. Like you have to travel yeah. to another <laughs> land and like see how Jen does. This is <laughs> So Adam, I liked you so much. I know. She still does, Adam. Um, But we're renting a Land Rover, driving out to the countryside, and then you pitch your tent on top of the car. So we're sleeping on top of a a car for a few nights. It should be really fun. Um, So updates to come. You know what's a bitch when you have to pee in the middle of the night and you're camping on top of a car? Yeah. How about when you roll off that car in the middle of the night? I like to move around when I sleep. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about camping. I've never really been. But here's a tip for you. Park right next to Stonehenge. (laughs) Boom. You're all good. No tipping. I assume that's where you'll be. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's. They let you do that, right? right. Just park an RV right next to it. Yeah, you just pull between a couple stones. Yeah. (laughs) So enough about us. Fuck camping and all that stuff. What we're actually here to do today is to celebrate our 100 episodes and to thank all of you listeners for sticking with us through probably a ton of missteps. I don't know. I don't listen to this podcast. I'm just kidding. I do listen back. But (laughs) thank you for sticking in there. And I I don't know, Allie, what you have to say about it. But I just feel like we have some truly loyal listeners, especially within our Discord server, if any of you have popped in there and and see, you know, really have suggested show topics. You have made the show what it is. And we really want to thank you for sticking with us and being a part of this community. If you didn't listen, we would not be at our 100th anniversary episode. Yes. And that that is true. It's factually correct. 100 years. Yep. 100 years old. (laughs) That's where we are now. (laughs) That's that's why Allie wants to camp like outside of Burning Man. (laughs) Because the music's too loud. (laughs) It is. You know, I kept thinking I'm too old for this shit. But then the thing about Burning Man is like there's a ton of old people. Like it's one of the things I love about it is it's all (laughs) ages. Like there's so many people in their 60s and 70s that are there for their like first time. And it's amazing. So it's actually kind of a good reminder that I should not be having the thought that I'm too old for something because I'm not. And neither are you, listener. That's right. Burning Man next year. So we don't know what's happening today. Matt is the mastermind. He's the Wizard of Oz. He's doing all the things. (laughs) We actually have no idea what's happening on this 100th episode. All right. Well, let's get into it. But uh, I would also like to extend another thanks to the listeners uh, just for being part of this community. But also, like, there have been a few times where, like, we didn't really have a guest lined up or we didn't have, like, (laughs) the most concrete plan for the next episode. And listeners came through. They said, we want to hear about this. We want to hear about this. How have you ever heard of this community? And we said, whoa that's pretty badass we got to check it out and boom we got a guest lined up thanks to you so i I told uh, you guys and i think the last episode that my fetish is when listeners tell us what they want mm -hmm. yeah and the voicemails oh i fucking love the voicemails and you know what else is cool we'll do a topic we'll do an episode you guys really dig into the research and and do the community right and then people who have never heard of this show who don't really listen to this kind of podcast they they come in from that community and say hey like i heard you covered macrophilia and was wondering how you did it and then i listened to the show and thank you for treating it with so much respect and you guys really did your homework uh we get so many emails like that and that is really uh, makes me very proud of this show mm-hmm. and and of the work that you guys are doing. So uh, th- so thanks yes. to you, the work we are doing. To that Matt's not yeah. Matt's not doing any work. I just not, not at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Just just the just face. The face. 
I took the picture. I'm waiting for to submit it for the, Just for the art. a pretty face over there. You can't see it because we all have a face for radio. <laughs> so today is very special, and I thought it would be fun to look back on 100 years of Two Girls, One Podcast. And I, what do you guys think? Should we go in chronological order? Sure. Yeah. What? Let's go back to 1919. Yeah. Okay. All right. Starting in 1919, we would record the show on phonograph records <laughs> and then carry them to the store where other uh, patrons would purchase them. <laughs> We're going to go all the way back to episode one, the episode that started it all. I love this episode. Do you remember? Furries. This one still might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. This very podcast, Two Girls, One Podcast, all began with a bag of microphones, a dream, and a six-foot-tall mascot costume with a hole cut out in the crotch so you could bang at conventions. <laughs> our very first episode is all about the furry community, and we were blown away by our guest, Dominic Rodriguez. He shared how he discovered his fetish at the tender age of 12 and how he eventually found his people through the power of the internet. Here is a clip from our very first episode. From the Trader Joe's mothership in Monrovia, California, let's go inside Trader Joe's. First time that sounded kind of dirty, like inside Trader Joe's. Yeah. I know, I know. Like Trader Joe's is definitely wearing a fursuit and fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, there goes that sponsor. Yeah, Trader Joe. Yeah, what what kind of trader is he? You know what I mean? He's a that was some hot music though. That that, that, was that hot. music slaps. That was different. What what's is that a different episode than you normally play yeah. us? Because usually there's it's like totally a way to talk about nuts and cheese. Trader yeah. Joe's has a huge catalog of hashtag content to enjoy, so okay, can pull okay. from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, here, here's the different. actual clip. Okay. Here's the actual clip of Dominic, our first interview for Two Girls, One Podcast. Check it out. Furry in the broadest sense is somebody that is fascinated by anthropomorphic animals. And that is the most like PC possible definition that they could come up with. Okay. And that's just like an animals with human characteristics. So you don't have to have a suit to be a furry and I think that the identifying characteristic is if you want to be a furry, then you are. It's a state of mind. You know? okay. Furry is a state of mind. In my that. opinion. Well, yeah. I identify as a lot of things then. In that case. It's just a state of mind. <laughs> and how did you get into the community? You could trace it back to the beginning, which is like 12 years old. I'm just like finding pornography online and just like, furry porn is its own whole universe um which i would love to talk about because yes! it's just like great it's oh, like so excited what i love about it is it's um it's artwork i mean it's beautiful a lot of the time and you're you're bringing kind of humanity into these characters there's an argument to be made for it being the best form because it's like if you're watching porn of just people fucking uh, it's sort of dehumanizing it, you know. It's taking yeah, real often people there and aren't stripped, even faces. stripping it away. Yeah. Whereas this, Just, these are actual characters. Like the furry community, everybody knows everybody. Like, I mean, or they know people who know people. So you can be looking at porn and like, I know that guy. I saw him in Reno at a convention. Isn't that weird though? Because like, I don't want to see my friends fucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to see my friends fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were twelve. Do you even remember what you were searching for or googling that you were like, whoa, furry porn? I don't think. I even knew the word furry until I was in high school. 
just my sexuality was just this weird mess of like not really liking girls or boys but just this idea of like an animal person just this idea was like a very sexy idea to me and so that's just like something i never told anybody because it was weird and gross and embarrassing mm -hmm. and i i thought i like invented it <laughs> you know i thought it was like my and that's what i ask furries when i meet them i'm like so did you like know about the fandom and then go oh that's my thing or did you have a thing and then you found out that there was a fandom for it and a lot of people are it's kind of half and half and i feel like we're like the you know the, the true warriors of the fandom are the ones that like <laughs> we we just we like came up with it in the cave you know right the bizarre thing is that the largest furry convention in the world is in pittsburgh every year well that was fortuitous yeah and it was just bizarre like it was following me and i wanted to go obviously i was trying to think of what lie i could tell to my high school friends like to we could just go as like a joke it would be funny because i didn't <laughs> want to like be caught there or anything like that because it's like it's, it was a joke to people you know it's like it's like it was at the time considered kind of like the bottom of the internet trash barrel sort of you know <laughs> and like um now it's like uh, almost i would it's like becoming mainstream you know what i mean now it's, yeah. i think it's like the top the top of the trash barrel now yeah. <laughs> he was such a delight and longtime listeners know this but totally. ali actually attended a party with him a furry party i did i went to a furry party and it was still one of the best and strangest experiences people when people try to challenge me they're like oh like what kind of weird stuff have you done i'm like well i went to a furry party <laughs> and then they shut the fuck up um beat that i love that he well uh, yeah there's a couple things i list but i love that he was so open especially uh we talked about this in the in the episode jen but like so many communities try to pretend that it's clean and there isn't a sexual side which is silly because like there's always a sexual side. And I love that that was like the top of his interview. He was like, let's go into it and told us all about fucking in a fursuit. Yeah, I, I feel like in our initial research, we, we looked into bronies for a long time with our stage show for you know a while. And I, I feel like, yeah, there was some like people didn't really want to talk about the sexual side when we approached them. So we actually went to BronyCon, as some of you know, um, in Baltimore one year, 10,000 bronies and us. Do, we did some interviews but yeah, he was so open. And um, also, so all of you know, Dominic was the director of a documentary called Fursona. So definitely check that out. The other thing Dominic said, which was not in the clip, but uh, I remember it vividly. He said something like the thing that he was most ashamed about himself and his identity became the thing that he was most known for yes. on the uh, internet. I remember that too. Uh, just that when he said that, I think we all like looked at each other and said, Yep, this is what this show is about. This is episode one. And thank you, Dominic. Yeah, thank you for a perfect episode number one, Dominic. All right. When we launched this show, we came in really hot. We started with furries, then went straight to episode two, tickling fetishes. In episode two, we talked to Rich Ivy, who launched the site My Friend's Feet in the early 2000s on GeoCities after taking a small loan from a friend. So we got a double whammy, very fascinating fetish, and a tale of early internet entrepreneurship. Here's Rich Ivy, episode two of 2G1P. So I started out posting photos that, I've, that people had mailed me 
and that I had seen in magazines that I would scan and put on my GeoCity site. Wow, <laughs> what a process. That's really, yeah. It was, I would go to Kinko's and, and uh, or wherever it was. And that is what Kinko's is was for. for. Yeah, exactly. You call yourself Kinko's, you are asking for people to come and scan their foot fetishes and put them on the internet. Exactly, that should have been their marketing, you know, all along. Kinko's, all the kinks belong to us. <laughs> exactly. So finally, I put together a business plan, which is one thing I did learn in grad school. And I approached a friend who was successful in business and said, I really have an idea for a site, actually two sites. I was going to do one foot site and one tickling site, but I ended up combining them. And I asked for, I think, $7,000 to buy camera, uh, computer, uh, a regular camera, video camera, you know, that sort of thing and get started. And he, he, uh, lent me that money and I will always be thankful to Barry Miller for doing that. Cause he changed my life. Thanks, Thanks Barry. <laughs> so at the beginning for the first couple of years, there wasn't even any video. It was just photos of people being tickled. So just like a mid, a mid tickle, like an action shot. Exactly. Which is kind of hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> if you get them in between laugh, it's no good, but, uh-huh. <laughs> and then from there it, it caught on, you know, back then bulletin boards on the internet were really popular. So you could easily reach quite a lot of people into the, the fetish community. So that's what I did. I posted and said, Hey, I opened a, a website and it was a pay site. It was like $9 or something to, to join. And it, Kind of took off, it took off slowly, but always in an upward trajectory. So I, in about a year, I was able to quit the job that I, that I did not like. Wow. I love how we're both going into the early days of the internet, but also there's something very current where you were really ahead of your time in this whole like internet startup world. And and I think that's, what's great about that time in history with the internet, because it was, you know, $7,000. It was a cheap business to start. And what I figured was, if it doesn't work out, it's no big loss. I just taught myself as I went along, you know, there was uh, plenty of people there to kind of uh, guide me on how to how to do stuff. So I don't know about being a pioneer, but I think that Oh, please. I'm just gonna call you a pioneer. Just take it. He was so great. And for those of you who have seen the documentary Tickled, Rich is featured in that if you're curious to to see him. And he was a pioneer. And I believe that was the first time we started calling everyone we talked to pioneers, essentially, which was true. <laughs> yeah. Did hearing that clip tickle your heart, Jennifer? Yes. Yes, it did. I hate being tickled, but yes. Right. All right. Before making this podcast, I had assumed that when people talked about shipping on the internet... They were referring to the size of their cargo containers or like the best transatlantic trade routes or what the best hull size is, you know, shipping. I mean, they're definitely talking about two of those three. That's just what I, you know, what do I know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a global logistics mogul. Okay. (laughs) I just make podcasts. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, it's actually when people write stories about their favorite fictional characters (laughs) humping. And in episode 18, we spoke to meme librarian Amanda Brennan, who explained the origins of this pre-internet phenomenon. Can you explain slash fan fiction to our listeners? And zines. Yeah, so a zine, a fanzine is just uh, short for magazine. 
So these are little books put together. They had like fan fiction. Little books of porn. (laughs) Yes, uh, sometimes porn. Uh, But I think of like Tumblr is kind of an evolution of a fanzine because it's got all your good stuff in one little spot where you can go, consume it, and just exist in your fandom. Uh, But these were distributed at like conventions and through the mail. And like you would send someone a dollar and be like, I would like one zine, please. And they would mail it to you. That's so civilized. (laughs) adorable yeah in the zines people would describe the story like kirk x spock appeared in the story uh and that would denote that they were in it and they were having a friendship but as the stories got more romantic some people were like i i want to know what i'm getting into before jumping in people don't want to be surprised by porn yeah, it's like if they're going to kiss, like please give me a warning. People just started using a slash, like just a normal slash in between the names to say like this is a sexual relationship between Kirk and Spock. Or or romantic, it didn't necessarily have to be sexual. So that is where the idea of slash standing as a homosexual relationship came from and shipping fan fiction all of that so zines and slashing homosexual relationships is the internet next the internet is next uh the internet then comes in in usenet in in a recent episode you guys just talked about usenet that's right Um, i I listened to it it was really good (laughs) thank you you. (laughs) on usenet in the x-files section people coined the term shipping when talking about Mulder and scully that idea of wanting them to be in a relationship um, and together is where the term shipping came from. The internet finally gives a gift. <laughs> Do you think anybody shipped us yet, Allie? I was just wondering the same exact thing. <laughs> I haven't Googled around for a slash between our names in a while. I check nightly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've been shipped. Um, I'm shipping you and Adam, but that's already a thing. So that's not the same at all. <laughs> that is canonical. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know what else? I hear there's a lot of shipping of the Stranger Things kids and that there's a bit of a, oh, that's a, a little scandal up. around the oh, internet because right. yeah. Sure. Yeah, they're so young and sexy. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But Matt, you really are taking us back in time. We're doing like a history of a lot of things right now. I like this. Are you feeling nostalgic? I, I am. I'm tearing up. <laughs> Jen longs for a time where she was healthy and I long for a time where I slept at night. Really, over the course of this podcast, we've been falling apart. Part. Um, no, the thing that's yeah. good about this is it's like it's a time capsule, right? Like already there was an episode I listened to a while ago, and I'm talking about some date I went on, and I'm like, I have no recollection of that date and who that person was. Wow, <laughs> it's a little bit frightening. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, scary. But yeah, <laughs> time capsule. Yeah. yeah. All right, a hundred years of two girls one podcast. Fast forwarding from episode 18 to episode 39. You both have interviewed a lot of brilliant people on this show, like legit, like like you said, pioneers, very influential folks, but none more so than the king of self-published erotic yes! fan fiction. I knew it. Author of such hits as My Billionaire Triceratops <laughs> Craves Gay Ass and... My librarian is a beautiful lesbian ice cream cone, and she tastes amazing. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend. Episode 39 was a magical conversation with Chuck Tingle. What are your most downloaded books? 
Oh, well, there have been a few big time hits. I think the number one hit is Space Raptor Bud Invasion. Mm-hmm. That seems like it when we were researching you. It seemed like that was the big one. Yeah, that, that, that is a big time hit. I think that, that, that it was already a big, big, big time hit. And then things got real, real crazy and real riled up when I, when, when it was nominated for Hugo's Award. And then I think that at that point, everyone said, well, this is the greatest author I've ever heard, and I want to read more of his dang books. So I think Space Raptor Butt Invasion is a big one, and also pounded in the butt by my own butt. That is another big <laughs> tingler hit there that I think is a, will be an all-time classic. We agree. We've read that one. That one really, really spoke to us. Wow. That's good to know. I think hope that the reading goes well, and I hope that it proves love. I'm sure that it will. Chuck, we read that you have said love is real for all who kiss. Um, Yes. Can you explain to us a little bit of what that means to you? Well, yes. A long time ago, you would hear stories of Maybe big time political devils or scoundrels saying things like, well, if we let, well, if we let two buds kiss each other, what's next? A bud and a tree or a bud and a handsome dinosaur or a bud and and a car. And then then I thought to myself, well, yeah, that sounds like a dang good way. That sounds like (laughs) the best dang dang world in everywhere. The dang world. Everyone's just thinks thinks that they're you know kissing who they want and doing their preferred pound and loving each other and i think that sounds like the best dang world ever so when i say that love is real for all who kiss i think well and then then, then, then you can kiss and you can kiss your, your own handsome tree if you want or a bud or maybe two buds or maybe a ladybug or maybe however the heck you dang want. If they if they are a grown up and then then they like you too, and you both say to each other, "Well, we should kiss each other and then and, and make each other feel nice," then I think that you should be able to do that. And I think that's a very important message. But I have also learned that love is real even if even if you don't kiss because some buckaroos decided that they didn't want to kiss anybody they say well no pounding's not for me in that way i'm gonna pound in my own way and then that's okay too then they don't prefer any pound and i think that is important to remember that love is real for them too i'm so happy you included that one matt that was I remember just that statement that he made that we just heard blowing our minds. I stand by the fact that he is a brilliant performance artist. And I know this set off a bit of a uh, debate in our Discord, but I think he is a brilliant performance artist and it's awesome. Yeah. Also, the Hugo thing, there was that quote I still remember about him saying that they tried to joke the jokester. Yeah. Because basically he he was nominated as a joke, um, but then he... Did he did he walk? Right. Wasn't that uh, it? Yeah. Internet like it was a kind of a troll of like people on online were nominating him for a science fiction award, which is the Hugo Award, um, to try to troll the contest or troll the award ceremony or whatever. And he ended up winning because he was so popular or he got enough votes or something like that. And so he had the last yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. 
we contacted him just because we knew that he writes this like insane porn and we didn't know if he was real or fake or whatever. And that interview just blew our minds. I know. Behind the yep. scenes, I remember we usually do like a really brief call with guests before we get them on the podcast just to be sure that they like us. We like them. You know, it's going to be a good interview. And I remember he thought it was the podcast and he picked up his phone <laughs> and he goes, is this the big show? And, you know, we like had, had a conversation, but he was so nice and so gracious on that call too. I remember. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and awesome. then of course, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt is a great read. I also think I mentioned this on that episode, but my mother was very confused when that appeared on her Kindle because we share a Kindle <laughs> Yes, Minna. <laughs> I hope that she read it. Uh, speaking of Chuck Tingle, I have some mini trivia for you today. Get ready. Woo. Wow. Don't don't get excited all at once. Did you not hear my woo? Oh. I, I mean, there Just was one a woo. woo. What did... I was uh, underwhelmed. It, I thought there was not going to be trivia, so... (laughs) Well, we have to put an ad break in here or our network will yell at us. So it's just an excuse really to put more ads into the show. Okay, got it. (laughs) Kind of. All right, let's do this. I'm going to read the titles of three Chuck Tingle novels. Two of them are real tinglers. One is a title that I, your producer, made up. When oh, this I happens like and we hear how Matt's mind works. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which tingler on this list is fake? A. Sentient phantom tow truck pounds my butt. <laughs> B. Open wide for the handsome saber-tooth dentist who is also a ghost. <laughs> or C. Seduced by executive unicorn lawyer 2. The magic continues. <laughs> I'm going to say... B- a is fake. Oh, I was going to say B is fake. Okay. All right. Allie goes with A. Sentient phantom tow truck pounds my butt. Jen says B is fake. Open wide for the handsome saber-toothed dentist who is also a ghost. Yes. Sticking with those it's answers. fake, a.k.a. you made them up. <laughs> B yeah. is so good. Oh, my God. If, B, if Matt made up B, I'm going to be so proud of him. We will find out the correct answer after this brief commercial break. Wow, it's weird to have an actual real product. Oh, wait, what am I saying? They're always real products. <laughs> They're always real. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, this one was different for everyone. So I hope you enjoyed that ad that I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cool. I'm sure we made uh, boatloads of money from that. I from those really bespoke don't appreciate yeah. your sarcasm because they are <laughs> bespoke advertisements and I want us to make more on them. <laughs> I'm going to go kill myself. Okay, next clip. Oh, no, what's the trivia answer? The trivia answer, which Chuck Tingle novel is fake? I gave you three choices. Allie went with A, sentient mm-hmm. phantom tow truck pounds my butt. Jen went with B, open wide for the handsome saber-toothed dentist who is also a ghost. <laughs> Nobody chose choice C, seduced by executive unicorn lawyer 2, the magic continues. You both feel that that is definitely real, Something, is what I'm hearing. It's ringing a bell, <laughs> executive unicorn lawyer. That sounds so familiar. I don't okay. know. Which one's fake? The correct answer, the fake tingler, is choice C, oh, executive it. unicorn lawyer. Got him. <laughs> Matt, you're too good. You are the next Chuck Tingle. Yeah. Wait, but you, it was also you created a sequel. Yes, which I think he is known to do on occasion. 
So is that a real one, but you just created a part two? No, definitely not. So, I mean, look, if you look at the list of Chuck Tingle novels, you can basically just pluck a lot of crazy words out and rearrange them and make a new one, essentially. I think there were unicorn lawyers, but no executive unicorn lawyers and no oh, magic okay. continue uh, is he still writing more matt did you see is he still going i think i think things are ongoing the volume is insane like the amount of work that he produces uh yeah, assuming he doesn't I don't have understand. a team or something but it's just <laughs> truly amazing and uh you know we in, in our interview with chuck he talked about the the tingle cinematic universe which was discussed with perhaps a movie studio or a television network and and never realized but but maybe there is a future it's time there. it's beyond time it's yeah. time. I agree. All right. Proceeding in chronological order, 100 years of 2G1P. Fast forwarding a bit. I have another. This is not trivia, but kind of a fun fact for you guys. Did you know that not all gamers are white bros who chug Mountain Dew and say questionable things on Twitch? Did you know that? No. Um, I know that theoretically that's true. <laughs> in fact, some gamers are grandmothers. Yay! In episode 44, we spoke to Alyssa Schnug, who is a very respected guild master in the 90s MMO Ultima Online. By day, she is a grandmother and a journalist for her local newspaper. By night, she is Sky Wolfbane. Episode 44, the Ultima Online Grandma. Somebody emailed me and said, hey, there's a new shard opening up. And that was the Ultima Online Forever, which I'll just call UOF <laughs> to make it shorter from here. And that was about five and a half years ago. The shard's about five and a half years old. And I started a couple days after it launched, just over five years. And Guildmaster for five years? Almost, almost. We started the guild, I'd say, yeah, you know, four or five months into, into playing. Can you explain to our listeners what the guild, what guilds are? Guild is basically a bunch of people who just group up to play the game. You know, it makes playing the, the game easier. It makes it playing more fun. Obviously, it's more always more fun to, to play with other people, uh, no matter what game you're doing. And um, my guild is the free city of Trinsic. Trinsic is a, is a city, obviously, in, in the game. And I am the governor. <laughs> and uh, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I rule the city. And um, it was really by, a not accident, but it, a friend of mine who was playing with me said, hey, we should start a guild, you know, and, and take part. There was a, a long, long story. There was a, a side game in the game where towns could play against each other and, and war. And he said, well, we should start one intrinsic. And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And never expected five year, half years later and 150 members. <laughs> so it's been a lot of fun, though. Wow. What's your badass name in the city of Trinsic? Oh, uh, Sky Wolfbane. That's, she has, that's badass. Yeah, she has blue hair. <laughs> How'd you choose Sky Wolfbane? I don't, you know, I'm a role player at heart. So role playing is, is a big part of a lot of these MMO type games. And so basically all that means is I like to be in the world, you know, and so I try not to talk about real world stuff while we're in the game. But most importantly, I'm a writer. And so I can write stories about my adventures in the game. And that's like a creative outlet for me because I'm a journalist and my 
writing can be very dry at times. You know, I cover city council meetings. So being able to write stories about my characters in the game is it's just kind of a fun outlet in writing. That's so cool. Uh, anytime I make a character, I just gen I just it's just natural for me to pick a real name versus I own your mom or you know there's some really <laughs> I own funny your mom eighty three. Yeah, there's yeah. some really crazy names out there. So when they elected you governor, was were you elected governor and then you built the guild or like was the guild kind of forming and then you were elected? Like how does that work? I formed the guild. And at the time, I made my character as mayor because it was a city-based guild. I figured we needed some sort of city structure. And so I made my character mayor. And then um, Richard Garriott, who I mentioned before, visited the Shard. And I tweeted him and I kind of explained to him who I was and, and my, about my guild. And I said, can you declare Trinzic a free state? I know it does make a whole lot of sense unless you know the story of Ultima Online. But Richard Gary did that. He came into the game and he visited. He was promoting his new game. And he um, just came out with, and I declare Trinzic a free state. Well, once we became a free state, the, the members decided that I should be governor instead of mayor. And so that was that. <laughs> Just to wow. back up, wait, that's the creator of the game? Is that right? The original creator of Ultima Online, yes. So it's kind of like God came down and visited and declared you a free state. Is that <laughs> so correct? I, yes. For UO <laughs> players, yes, that's exactly what it was. You're a little bit like an like an agent of God. You're like an angel, a ministering angel, kind of, you know? I, well, it's I like God know. came down. Yeah, I don't know about all that. But it's okay. You can, <laughs> there are you days, can be, maybe. You can be humble about it. Yeah, there are days, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, a so profit. then, a profit. A profit. yeah, you're yeah, totally that's a profit. the word. That's the <laughs> that, word. That's what we were looking for. You're, you're, you're Moses. You're Moses. <laughs> what a badass! I love me a good badass I bitch. I do, Grandma Guildmaster. I would have called my grandma Sky Wolfbane. I wonder if she did. She tell her grandkids? I forget. Also, maybe her grandkid was like a baby. She said her son got her into the game. So uh, yeah. it sounds like there's a, a family that plays together. Love it. So cool. Family that plays together stays together. (laughs) How come we don't play games together? Probably because Jen and I don't understand them and have never tried. We do trivia together. (laughs) Yep, that is the reason. You know what I really still want us to play together? Beat them and eat them? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. We got to set that up on a projector. Yeah. I Googled that. Yeah, that game is insane. I, I looked that up. What I'll episode was that from? Uh, our porn video game episode. Oh, that would Subverse. make sense. That uh, makes sense. We were yeah. talking about uh, Atari games from the 70s that were, uh, you know, not safe for work and not safe for the Me Too era. I want Matt to live stream on Twitch himself playing Beat Him and Eat Him while I just make commentary. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Can I come? Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Yeah. All right. Enough about video games. We're fast forwarding. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. Episode 46. I'm going to start it off with a question. Did you know that most of the biographical articles on Wikipedia are about men? Yes, we did. Oh, I've never sounded so excited to learn about the patriarchy, but I know who the the (laughs) guest is. Same. We spoke to a Wikipedia. A badass bitch. A badass bitch Wikipedia. Wait, am I allowed to say that? She was also a knight. Wasn't she like a knight? Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. Her name is Rosie Stevenson Goodnight. She's on a mission for gender parity on the wide world of Wikipedia, episode 46, The Women of Wikipedia. And then by the end of 2014, somebody had done an academic research study and actually had found that it was around 14.95 or maybe 15% 
of the biographies on English Wikipedia were about women. Fantastic, because we're only 50% of the population. (laughs) Exactly. And don't we hold up 50% of the sky? But that was the fact. It was like Mm -hmm. we had this factoid. And so I don't want to just talk about the issue. I want to say, effective here and now, we're going to start a project where day in and day out, every day of the year, we're going to work on women's biographies and not just women's biographies. Let's write articles about women's works, about the books they wrote, the sculptures they sculpted, the paintings they painted, the conferences they convened, uh, the schools they founded, and so on and so forth. And so that's what we presented in Mexico City in July 2015, and it was very well received. And we thought, yay, we've got 15 minutes of fame. But we just didn't think that this was going to last. We just figured people will get bored and they'll go away. But lo and behold, we were wrong. This project that we started on that day from that stage in Mexico City, we named Women in Red. Red as in on Wikipedia, if there's a link to an article that already exists on Wikipedia, that link is blue. But if there's a link to an article and the article does not exist, then the color will be red. If you click that red link, it takes you to nothing. At least it doesn't exist yet. And so you can create the article if you wish. So women in red referred to all the missing articles about women. And now that we're three years and one month old, so what's that, 37 months old, our project has contributed over 50,000 articles to Wikipedia, on English Wikipedia, about women's biographies, women's works, women's issues, and... We've spread into 14 other language Wikipedias. Rosie, this is amazing. I know, Matt, can you insert um, thunderous applause? That's what I was thinking. I was like, Matt needs to insert applause. I was going to start applauding, but I figured on the microphone. I know, that would be too much. Wow. Rosie, you're such a good storyteller, too. I know, you really are. Okay, so the percent, did you say the percent was 15%? Do you know what it is now? Yeah, it's 17 point something. Let me be, one thing about Oh my God, we have so much more work to do. Yeah, we're at 17.67%. I've been told that creeping up from 15 to 17.67 when you're talking about millions of biographies that this is huge it is huge but it also makes me sad that fifty thousand articles only pops you up two percent so we yeah. have yeah. so many more articles to write we do wow I have nothing to add to that. I know, I know. We should do a follow-up with her. Also, I Googled it, and she is a knight. <laughs> it's Dame Rosie Stevenson Goodnight, because she has a Serbian knighthood. That's fucking cool. All right. Are we calling Jen's mom for this episode? Is that, uh, is that happening? <laughs> Speaking of She's waiting. She's been waiting. She's waiting by the phone. That was my favorite moment of 2G1P, I personally. Know, I know. And, we hmm. st- and it's not here. We still I'm haven't sorry, called your mom, Allie. No, I just want to call yeah. her. <laughs> All right. Speaking of badass bitches, I have not one, not two, but three badass bitches in a row, a streak. And I'm going to just say it again. 
I don't feel comfortable saying that phrase. Are you sure it's allowed? Oh my God, it's totally allowed. What you're not allowed to say is like, you're a woman, I don't want to hire you. You know what I mean? But like, you're allowed to refer. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Badass I'm bitches that down. is totally, totally fair game. Because yeah. I've had a lot of women come to me saying, hey, I'm interested in a job. And I said, mm, that <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Or if you were like, hmm, I don't know, you seem like you'd do a good job, but like probably a man would do better. Like that's not good. (laughs) But like saying someone's a badass bitch, like yes, yes. Keep with that. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I've learned anything from this show, Two Girls One Podcast, it's that dating and relationships are very challenging. They take a lot of work. So why not fuck a robot? Instead, I love this episode. I think about it a lot, actually. I don't remember a lot of what we say in episodes, but this one is like very vivid to me. I can't. I, can't I actually have a love hate relationship with this one. Oh, okay. I was so excited about this, and listening back, it was one of those where I was like, "I'm interrupting too much because I'm so excited." Oh, Aww. well. And I've been trying to work on that, and so I have a love hate relationship with this one. But I fucking loved listening to this woman. <laughs> don't confuse enthusiasm with being rude. It's true. It's a fine line. I think I towed that line in this episode in a way that was not great. All right. Let's hear the clip, though. Episode 57, we interviewed Susan Perchalski. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Chief robotics engineer of Realbotics, who turn real dolls into interactive sex companions who will eventually replace the human race. It all grew out of real doll and and the desire to actually have life-size dolls actually move, talk, and behave like real people. Ah, okay, so the real doll came first? Yes, yes. Real doll's been uh, been in business for almost 20 years. There's about 6,000 of them in, in existence. Wow, okay. So can you give us a description of the dolls as in-depth as you want to go so our listeners really get uh, an idea of what these dolls are like? Absolutely. They're cast out of uh, platinum silicon, so they're they're actually uh, medical-grade kind of silicone. They're not... The skanky uh, TPE, which is, you know, you're used to like... <laughs> Those but, skanks. You know, a lot of the kids' toys are made out of this. They, they last for a little bit of time. And of course, then they melt on each other and they become this globby mess. But um, no, the dolls, um, we, have, we have folks who have had their dolls for, you know, 10, 15 years now. And mm-hmm. uh, they're still functional. So imagine like if you had a a life-size Barbie doll that didn't have exposed joints, everything was sealed, and you could pose her, and you can you can hump her. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty much what a real doll is is like. Um, you get your choice of colors, um, you know, breast sizes, butt size, uh, all these different. You can have different inserts. There's a there's a system for for the sexual part is an insert system, and that. Uh, you just replace, uh, you can actually pull that out and you get different, you know, different vaginal bumpiness and different things. Whoa, like whoa, 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 I only have my own vagina, so break it down for me. How many variations are there? Oh, oh well, there's an infinite number, but we have... Uh, are these mimicking natural vaginas or is it also like, you know how you get like ribbed condoms? Is it that kind of thing? So like some yeah. vaginas are bumpy because that's just like a fun some- thing, but like... Real vaginas aren't bumpy, right? Because mine's not. But I, maybe there are others that I don't know about. Like You don't have we, bumpy v- uh, vaginas? We got to get a gynecologist in here. It never occurred to me that maybe people's vaginas were that different on the... I know on the outside they could be like, okay, what? All right, go on. Um, actually, 
really don't know the exact answer to that. They're not, they're not bumpy. Like, um, you know, you get a lot of things that have, you know, like just basically a series of rings or other bumps. No, they feel like, I guess what, you know, kind of like you'd feel like. <laughs> okay. okay. So how many different kinds of inserts the ones, are, the are ones, there? The, I think there's 10. I believe there's 10. I'm okay. sorry. I don't have the exact number, but That's it's okay. God damn it, Susan. <laughs> get it know, together. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my junk an insert system. Is that what she called it? Insertion <laughs> system. <laughs> I'm dying. You're like, hey, Adam. <laughs> well, what comes you next? My ins- you want to see my insertion system? Like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. There's so many types of vaginas. And her, like... <laughs> Her, like, enthusiasm and vigor about it is, like, phenomenal. <laughs> Wasn't her background also, story the- that she and her husband got one of these dolls and then she started working yes! for them? Yeah. She yes. has one for her husband. Oh, uh, that uh, episode is gold except for me talking too much. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. If you interrupt with a question, it's different from, like, interrupting with, like, so anyway, at Burning Man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, but like, that, wait a minute. At Burning Man, I did... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did thing- go in the orgy dome, though. I went in the orgy dome, just so we're all clear. I went as whoa, a voyeur. Whoa. You're allowed to go inside without participating? Turns out, I didn't know that. So this year, I went as a voyeur and ran into so many people that I know. <laughs> That's so awkward. That's another story. It's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing I remember her saying that I found questionable was something about like the doll getting you a beer. Do you remember that? It was like, yeah, and one day yes. she'll be able to get you a beer when you're laying on the couch. Sure. And we were like, what and the I was fuck? like, this. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. oh, come on, come on, there, don't do this to us. There was a slightly <laughs> sexist bent to the topic, but there was a male doll, right? Slightly? A rocky. I mean, a very, very extremely. Yeah, yeah, but there was like, wasn't there like one male doll, and there was like three options, and then for the woman, it was like thirty-seven Endless. nipple sizes and eighteen different insertion <laughs> systems. Yeah. Um, you can fuck her front back sideways. But I, yeah, I remember it was like there was an Alexa integration or that was like the goal. Oh, right. Yeah, it was an app. I mean, that's what they're developing yeah. is like a, you can set the yeah. doll's temperament with an app so that she would um, respond accordingly, depending on what you wanted from that situation. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Wow. I remember Deb Margolin, our theater teacher, she was teaching feminist theater at Yale and she was like, I get it. I get why sexism why it's been such a slow battle with feminism right she's like uh if i could come home and dinner was cooked and on the table that'd be great you know what i mean (laughs) so like uh, that really stuck with me like yeah if i could have a sex doll that would like just dinner would be ready that'd be great i wouldn't want that doll to have rights (laughs) we right i mean we talked about this because we always do it's like isn't it better to play that fantasy out with a robot than do it to uh, a real person right yeah yeah as long as we don't confuse how we're treating the robots yeah with the way we're treating if it was like a clear delineation Mm -hmm. totally totally right yeah Right. And I guess that's what's hard is that the people blur it like there's there's interesting studies now that uh, about like kids and Alexa and Google Home and manners because the robots actually understand better when you're like, do this. There's no please. There's no thank you. So they're like doing these settings where the kids have to say please and thank you because the way we treat our robots is going to bleed over into how we treat our humans. (laughs) What a world. What a sentence you just said. Yeah. All right. All right. Speaking of the future, speaking of having our minds blown by existential dread, do you remember when Jonathan Bazile 
created an algorithm that contains mostly random strings of text, but also contains every phrase, thought, text, email, book, ever written or ever will be written, including everything I'm saying right now and every sentence we will say on this entire podcast. You guys remember I, that? I don't remember that. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> think one. this one's <laughs> Matt's. This is Matt's favorite. Matt's fave. Yeah, I think this so. This one is it's, yeah. it's top Matt, five for sure. I was like, this is crazy and also like strange and esoteric. And Matt was like, oh my God. <laughs> 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 this is the best thing that's ever happened. Here is Jonathan Basil explaining his library of Babel and why it freaks people out on episode 68 of Two Girls, One Podcast. It's an invertible algorithm. Uh, so you can go from any output to a unique input. And that's how the search function in the library works. So you can also search for any possible text, including you know, uh, this conversation that we're having right now. And you can find where that is in the library or, you know, the URL where that uh, page has always been. Oh, my God. So <laughs> how do you recommend approaching the site since it is so overwhelming? Yeah, it's like we were discussing before. My goal was not to drive people mad, but a lot of people who approach it, you know, probably like one out of every three responses I get to the library is, can we eliminate the meaningless text so we can find the really meaningful ones? And similarly, this, this human need to create mm -hmm. order from disorder is yeah. so powerful that just, I'm not shocked by that, but you mm -hmm. also kind of just blew my mind there. The other reaction is, uh, so people wanted to find books that they called the justifications, which would be books that would describe the life story of, of you, um, but would describe you kind of becoming a sort of messiah figure. And that would uh, involve you finding the book that would be the complete catalog of the library. So for, for my library, that would be the basically the algorithm. Um, the algorithm for my website is going to be described somewhere in the library itself. And if you can find that catalog of the library, then you would know where all the answers to all life's questions are. And you would be like a god. You would have this kind of absolute knowledge. So what has the Internet's reaction been? I would say generous. I mean, I was not expecting anyone else to care that there was a, a massive repository of random text on the Internet. But people have really taken to how it kind of transforms your relationship to language, how it makes you think differently. I think uh, sort of the kind of average everyday thinking of language or experience of language that we have is that the intentions that we have, which somehow pre-exist the words we're using, uh, sort of animate those words with meaning. And, uh, you know, that's what communication is. There's these intentions in my head, uh, you know, sort of using the words as a medium enter your head. But the thing that the library shows you is that all of this language is possible without anything like an intention behind it. And that can be a little unsettling. It can be weird. It can even be, you know, liberating and playful in a lot of ways. <laughs> I want to embrace the liberating and playful because I feel pretty freaked out right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm on the freaked out side. <laughs> One person uh, posted in the forums that they, it sounded like they had been spending a significant amount of time uh, every night typing in the cure for cancer is, and then searching and seeing what would come after that phrase and seeing if it, <laughs> if they could find a cure for cancer that way. We looked up Two Girls, One Podcast, and it said we were coprophiliacs, which are people with a marked interest in excrement. So we're definitely going to go in that direction. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that it's, uh, I'm glad that it's been so productive for, for you. We were joking about that at the top of the show, and I'm so bothered by the cancer searcher because <laughs> the library literally will say the, the cure for cancer is 
everything. Like the yes. cure for cancer is bananas. Yeah. The cure for cancer mm-hmm. is lamp. Right. Like so. Well, like, it might be is, bananas and lamp, Matthew. We be... spoke to that conspiracy theorist <laughs> who said it was like soda. That's right. Soda water. Seltzer. So, it's, it's in there. That's true. Matt, how was that for you? Did you really enjoy uh, that? Felt good. Felt good. Guys, I know I'm not supposed to look things up while we're listening, but I want to read something to you. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Populous <laughs> gawkiness. Two Girls, One Podcast is having its hundredth episode. <laughs> Funk holes. It has been foretold. Yes. It has. It has. It's in there. Funk holes. Funk holes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. how it ends, which uh, makes me really happy. They sell those at GameStop. Mm-hmm. Funkles, Funkle Pops. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of learning about the answers to everything and all of life's questions, we've interviewed a lot of people on this little show, more than a hundred, in fact. But our biggest get of all time is someone very influential on social media these days, and that is God. God <laughs> oh, himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He sure. has not spoken directly with humans for thousands of years. But we, we got him on this show for episode 82, where he shared what he's been up to recently. Let's take a listen. I put it in the hometown of the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, smart. Yeah, Topeka, Kansas. How much money did you raise? Uh, enough. I think it was uh, $100,000. Nice. Wow. We put them in Utah and Michigan, too. Damn. And like a year later... Gay marriage became legal all over the country. So you're taking responsibility. No, I'm not taking credit oh, okay. for it. Okay. I'm just saying it's an interesting coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can thank God if you want to. <laughs> I won't stop you. Thank God. God, <laughs> do you hear our prayers? <laughs> Here is such a strong it's a human, word. It's a human word, yeah. I mean, if I bothered to check my messages, yes. But usually I'm too busy playing video games. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which one? Just trying to forget about humanity for a while. I really enjoy The Sims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is humanity like your worst project? <laughs> oh, I think you know. It's it's not going too well. It's not. Well, how do you feel about the ayahuasca craze? Because I've met several people who have done ayahuasca and claim to have met you. Did you meet them? Yeah, I like to do ayahuasca. I, I talk to some of those people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I make appearances to people. On hallucinogenic trips. Cool. So I think I might see you in June. Um, so I look I look forward to that. What, is that Burning Man? Oh uh, no, yeah. that's August. I may see you then as well. Um, oh, cool. I had trouble though. I didn't get a ticket. If you could you could help me out there, I'm really looking for a ticket. Um, but we so, maybe we, if you could hear my prayer, that would be really yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Ticket, got it. Burning oh. Man ticket. Cool. Cool. I've got a lot of things. You know, you're, you're just using this to get your prayers in, isn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. just doing this interview for a Burning Man ticket. Is that okay? I mean, okay, I just, I'll see what really, I can do. Oh, God, thank you so much. It sounds like you're dealing with a lot of bullshit during the day. Like, what? Oh my God! What does a typical? So, sorry, di- edit that out, please. I, I shouldn't take curse your own name. My own name. Yeah, sorry. It's all my me, really. It's all right. What does a typical day look like for you? Like, what time are you getting up in the morning? What do you what do you like to eat? Is pork okay? How about bacon? I eat yeah. a lot of pig, and I just want to make sure that's cool. Can I? Yeah, sure you can. Oh, thank you. Who okay, told you you can't? Uh, the religion. <laughs> Made up bullshit, I tell you. I mean, I've been I've been eating it, but you know, just, I mean, bacon's just really tasty. 
It might be my favorite episode. He answered your <laughs> prayers. Also, did you ever do ayahuasca? No, I haven't done ayahuasca, but I'd really like to, and I will report back. Okay. What was like maybe going to happen in June? Um, I think my friend and I were looking to, we were looking into going into like a, um, a retreat with, with cybacillin. Uh which is What's the active ingredient in mushrooms. It's the active ingredient in mushrooms. You're supposed to like have all these like psychedelic experience and epiphanies. And one of my best friends was like, let's go on a retreat together. Cause they do it like, especially in California. <laughs> it's like <laughs> wellness. You know what I mean? California. It's like not drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's just a wellness retreat. So a my friend was like, retreat? <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think I should name who it is, is, but you know him. But, um, but yeah, he was like, what if I come out and we like do this retreat? And I was like, fuck yeah. But then we didn't, but okay. we might in okay. the future still. Yeah, you um, might still meet God face to face. Yeah. Well, I think I told you guys the story how I met someone who did ayahuasca and I said, what was it like? And she said, I met God and she was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I love that episode. I re-listened to it in preparation for this episode to maybe recommend clips to Matt. Um, sidebar, I was late. Matt did everything. Um, but I <laughs> He did nothing. Just kidding. <laughs> nothing. I couldn't find... Like, I could not choose a moment. I just loved all of that episode because he was yep. so great. Yeah. It's always a little awkward to do the the show remotely. It's like, it's nice to be face-to-face -face with people. So if we can book God again, let's all drop some ayahuasca and get up uh, get up there face-to-face. -face. I think that's going to be make for the best show. Don't you agree? I just wonder how I would interact with a microphone. Wait, Matt, are you going to do ayahuasca with me? Yeah. I'll do anything for a good get. You know, you know me. Yeah, that's true. You a whore. <laughs> cool. I can get a photo yeah. with him. Instagram, you know. He he doesn't show up in photos. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Traveling forward in time, one hundred years. Yes. Dale Neitzel, Dale, who writes one of the definitive chronicles of the Fen Treasure, told us a story of a mystical box. It's Jen's vagina. Worth. Probably millions. My searches the insert system <laughs> hidden by an 89 year old guy somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and all the crazy folks who are looking for it. This is episode 83 The Hidden Treasure of Forest Fen. The reason that, that Forrest got into this whole thing was in 1988, he had uh, he came diagnosed with kidney cancer, and he was given about six months to live, I think. And so he had somebody over the, over the house, and they were looking at all of Forrest's incredible collection of things. And the guy said to Forrest, well, what are you going to do with all this stuff? You can't take it with you. And, and Forrest said, well, the hell I can't. And so his plan was to make a treasure chest, fill it with all of, with a lot of his loveliest, most important and charming things that would fit into this treasure chest and go hide it. He would take it to a place that was very special to him where he would then commit suicide. He was going to take sleeping pills at that place because he did not want to die in a hospital with hoses up his nose like most of cancer victims have to go. He wanted to die on his own. He wanted to die on his own terms. His father did that, Marvin Fenn. He came down with cancer and he took his own life before things got terrible, before the cancer got him. Forrest planned on doing the same thing, but he was going to make a bit of a game about it. He was going to write a poem. He was going to publish the poem. He was going to go out to his place with this treasure chest, 
and die. And folks who found the poem could go out and find the treasure chest and probably Forrest's skeleton as well. Wow. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't. It isn't. It depends upon how you think. Forrest always said, but then, you know, uh, I got well and screwed everything up. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. depending and on how so you look that, at that. Yeah. So this was 88. So what are we talking? What is that? That's uh, that's uh, 31, 31 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. And Forrest is still kicking. He's 89 years old. Mm-hmm. And so about 20 years after that, he decided to go ahead and hide this chest anyway in the same spot, but he wasn't going to be there with it. And so that's how this whole thing started. So do we know if anyone's gotten close? <laughs> yes. Forrest has told us that several people have figured out the first clue. He also said that several people have walked right by the chest and had no idea they were that close. Oh, wow. That's got to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. We don't know for sure that they were searchers. Mm-hmm. He just knows that people have gotten nearby? Yeah. So let's how just does he say. Know? He has it monitored? Like, how does he, what, what yeah, devices? How, do, how, do, how does he know? How does he know? We don't know how he knows. Here's it's one in his idea. Back. <laughs> well, that's what somebody thought who scaled his fence. That was an incredible episode. And I'm sure I, I'm curious how many Forrest Fen fans have been listening in order to get some more clues. Does anyone else think there is no treasure? It's possible. How dare you? How well, it's like, dare you? <laughs> no one's found it. It's been a long ass time and it's somewhere that an old man could get to, which he has said. He's like, it's not a difficult journey. And yet no one's found it. I think you asked him these questions. And, yeah. and uh, Dale's response was basically like, many people have seen the treasure. Uh, it is real. Uh, it was documented before he hit it, but only he knows where he hit it. You know, something like that. Right. We've heard about mystical treasures. We've spoken to God. We've spoken to the God of self-published erotic sci-fi fiction. But remember that time when Tom from IWinContests.com wins so much crap from sweepstakes that our interview was interrupted not once, (laughs) but twice, so he could collect his prizes? Oh, I remember. That was so fucking priceless, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode 94, Sweepers, on Two Girls, One Podcast. The reason I started the text group was, I, I don't listen to the radio all day. But I'd love to enter a lot of these sweepstakes. So now I'm being hand-fed those code words every single hour. And I can choose. If I have time, I enter them. If I don't have time, I, I don't enter them. So the, the other, uh, I'm sorry, I got, a, I got a random text that I want a gift card. Oh. And it <laughs> just popped up. It's kind of weird. Ah, so, Although I imagine that's happening what all is the time. It? Yeah. It's just a, a $25 Fandango gift card. Well, that's fun. It's like, mm, oh, that's nice. great. Like what are you going to see? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, you know, a lot of these, a lot of stuff like that, I end up giving away to members mm. just because you you win so much of it. Oh, so, oh must be so sad. I win so much. I'm just giving it away. I'm giving away my giveaways. There's about 15 more boxes of Reese cups sitting in my house <laughs> because we won a year's worth of Reese cups. House just like filled with all kinds of stuff. It's a warehouse full of random shit. We have an entire room that is the prize room. Um, that just How big has is this room? How full is this room? Um, it's extremely full, and it's it's the it's the size of a like a small bedroom. 
because it's it's oh considered God. our den because it doesn't have a closet. But so it's you know, probably bigger it than any like bedroom storage. I've ever lived in. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> kids, kids are coming over to trick or treat on Halloween. And he's just giving away like Super Nintendo oh cars. <gasps> like if I could get a car and some gas and some gift cards and my set. You know, everyone does. And you know what? Sure enough, like perfect timing. The FedEx guy is walking up right now. Delivering oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, What'd you yes. win? What'd you win? It's it's a hundred dollar Starbucks gift card. <laughs> so do you want me to put you <laughs> on hold prizes. so I can sign for this? Yes, yes. we'll talk about right, we'll yes. talk amongst ourselves. You want two things in this hour? Your dog is so excited. Did you hear that? I'm excited. <laughs> that was just me, Jen. I didn't he doesn't oh, have a dog. Okay. Oh, Okay. This is insane. $100 to Starbucks, or as I like to call it, Tuesdays. What? Oh. Got him. <laughs> All right, I am back. Okay. <laughs> What's the most you've won in a single day? You know, somebody just messaged me and told me they won two trips the other day in the same day, and I wow. have actually never won two trips in the same day. Are you jealous? So I, I was a little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous yet so delighted at the same time. I still need to like get on this train, but I'm so lazy. I know it requires just you need to be on it. I don't need to win a car now. I could still use I could still stand to win a trip, you know. To be honest, I could just use all those Reese's peanut butter cups. So Reese's, Reese's, you could live off those? I think you'd get diabetes. I think I'd die <laughs> off of those, but like happily so. Yeah. What a delightful day he must have. Every day he's getting some sort of notification that he won. Like what joy that must bring. What do you think Reese's are really made of? Uh, peanut butter and chocolate. Because it's not like it's not like fresh yeah. peanuts. It's fresh peanuts, but I think they put a shit ton of sugar in there. Probably like confectioner yeah. sugar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've made them from scratch. Wait, you've made them from scratch? Yeah. Family presents when you're my oh, family. Are you cool. fucking serious? You've you've never you have never made me that. I know. <laughs> I'm throwing my equipment. You're next. You're next. Don't worry. Don't throw your equipment. Uh, That's just expensive. You know, I'm seeing you next week. I think, and I expect some Reese's pieces from scratch. <laughs> Homemade. Oh man. Now so for you, I've just demanding. gotten back from England from camping I'm on the just... on the top of a car. <laughs> just get the dark chocolate ones from a fancy place she won't know trader joe's they have the I best trader joe's there you go no no, yeah. i would know those i recognize that brand <laughs> from the trader joe's mothership oh. in monrovia california let's go inside trader joe's let's go to How's monrovia let's go to the mothership i like the way that sounds just gonna beam us up all your alien fantasies can come true out <laughs> getting probed beam us anally right probed into the burritos and none no i don't want to get anally probed oh that's right that's also right. as we At learned in episode one i'm saving my asshole for marriage it just is a long way off (laughs) yeah you got a lot a lot of burning mans to go yeah Yeah, we recorded that like two years ago and my asshole still squeaky clean (laughs) burning mans or burning men or burnings man (laughs) i'll let you sit with that Uh, uh, it's a legit question. Yeah. People who go more than once, what do you okay, say? Okay, if you want another legit answer, people say, How many burns have you been to? Is this your first burn? Burn. Oh, wow. Burn. Yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I just that doesn't get confused yeah, with Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a um, meme out there about that. Bernie Sanders at Burning Man. That would be a 
a good SNL sketch <laughs> if they if that show is still on. Yeah, burn. I think it is. <laughs> burn the burner. So what's the biggest lesson that both of you have taken away from 100 years of 2G1P? Well, you know what? I took away actually that the internet has changed a lot even since we started. We started in 2017, so it was post-election, but all the stuff about media and fake news and a lot of the dark side, and now there's that new documentary, um, the is what's it called? The Great Hack or something? Or The Hack? hack? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to so watch it, yeah. So things have gotten darker since we started, which is interesting. Like, because I'm re-listening to like our first episodes, you know what I mean? It's like the internet, people find each other, you know what I mean? Which is still true, but like it's gotten darker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it depends which story you're telling though. You <laughs> yeah. know, our show is is here to tell the story of the, the people positive finding each ones. other and that still happens. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 War has still happened, even though we're playing, uh, you know, The Sims uh, at home or whatever <laughs> right. you enjoy watching Stranger Things. Yeah. People are getting murdered all the all the time. Oh, Stranger Things. That shit's so good. No, but I just mean, um, <laughs> you know, that that discourse wasn't even there in that way when we started. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was getting started, but not yeah, it's quite started. full blown. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about you, Jamula? I think my biggest lesson is that the fetishes are never ending and there's always going to be something out there that we don't know about. (laughs) Also not just fetishes, but uh, communities. Like I had heard of Esperanto, but uh, had no idea the response we would get from that topic in particular that, you know, there's just so many loyal people who are engaged with that. So it's heartening to like, just keep thinking that there, like there are almost too many communities like that out there for us to even cover on this podcast. Yeah. And and really this on the same note, and this is not earth shattering, but we're all fairly like extremely online people. You know what I mean? Of like, we're aware of trends and we keep up with, with the news around these communities and such. And so you think when people, you know, if people said, Hey, have you heard of furries? Like people like us were like, yeah, obviously like that's a thing. So that's fine. But after doing the show, when I think of with someone's like, oh, furries, ha ha ha, I think of a human being named Dominic who we literally spoke to and that that putting a human face on that or a voice, at least on that community is like very powerful from just a human perspective of like associating a real person with a thing that you typically would just read about on Wikipedia or in news coverage. That's pretty major. and, And I think we have provided that to listeners as well you know if if people have stuck with the show they might think about the guest when they hear when they think of the community rather than like a concept Mm -hmm. written about in the abstract which has become the mission of the show in some ways we are breaking ground i certainly hope so we are pioneers (laughs) we call everybody else pioneers one story at a time (laughs) (laughs) i've come around to tickling i used to hate tickling but now i'm all for it thanks to richard so uh (laughs) like serious bias against it and now when somebody tries to tickle me i'm like yeah this is normal just kidding. I still hate tickling, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. What's in store for the next hundred years? What, what do we got in the pipeline? Well, I'm definitely replacing my parts with bionic ones. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in the mm-hmm. next hundred years. No, I meant years. for the show. Oh, I'm sorry. right, oh, I meant right, for the show. right, 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 right. Well, listeners, you know my fetish is to hear what you want to hear. So let us know what you want from the next hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Also, I hope more people join us at our Discord discord.gg slash 2g1p got the link 
<laughs> you go, girl. Boom. What about you, Jen? Yes, everybody. Connect with us on Discord. The best part about Two Girls, One Podcast has been connecting with all of you, getting your voicemails, talking with you on Discord and all the various places, Twitter. Um, so as Ali said, our Discord server is discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can also email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing you from you there. So please do reach out. And the best, most favorite way, in my opinion, of hearing from you is via voicemail. You can call us, and that phone number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And last but not least, we would be remiss not to mention uh, that you can also contribute to this podcast and help support it. So how, how can they do that, Ali? Patreon.com slash 2G1P. Thanks, everybody. Reach out to us. Thanks so much for listening for 100 years. You're also old and amazing just like us anyway uh we'll see you next week bye i miss you already Sonic Universe. Pounded in the butt by my own butt.